love you, sir. Amen. All right. Good to see you. We've got a good crowd here this morning, and uh, uh, we flew all day yesterday and got in here uh, fairly, fairly early and uh, was able to uh, get into that nice mission house over there. Beautiful. And I've stayed there before, but uh, it, it, it's really a joy to be able to stay in a nice place like that, Pastor, and thank you. Well, let me call your attention to Matthew chapter 6, and um, going at it at a little uh, different anger, angle uh, this morning, and uh, you, have, you have heard me deal with Matthew 6, Colossians 3, Ephesians, uh, the whole book, and uh, it's natural to pray, it's prayerlessness, the greatest sin in the Bible, and uh, all those all those messages down through the years. I have lost count how many years I've been coming here, but uh, yeah, I, I know it's got to be over 10, it seems like to me. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. I'm getting older, older, not old. Amen. And um, but I, it's a joy to be able to live for the Lord and travel across the, the country. Used to be around the world, but um, COVID kind of changed the world, didn't it? And uh, you know, God's not speaking just to America anymore. Uh, he's speaking to the entire world. And the world seemingly is not listening, but we better open our ears to hear what, what the Heavenly Father has to say to us. Matthew chapter 6, if you'll turn there, and uh, it's a verse. If you ever see me uh, sign a Bible or a book, you'll see that verse on the outside of my name. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, when my first wife died, uh, that verse became my life verse, changed my life even during the two and a half years she was uh, suffering with breast cancer and brain cancer. Uh, she, uh, during that time, I rediscovered my prayer closet and, and started walking with the Lord very closely. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't mechanical anymore. It became real. And uh, someone asked me all the time, almost every week now, 48 weeks a year, uh, somewhere, I'm somewhere preaching 48 weeks a year, and they'll ask me, well, what is prayer, Brother Beckham? And I'll always say it's a relationship between you and your Heavenly Father. That's if you're saved and you have that uh, justification relationship with God, then, then you can let it grow and mature as you grow in the Lord. And, and so let me read my text, pray to the Father for a few moments, and then we'll get right into what the Lord um, has laid upon my heart to give you. Uh, Matthew 6, 6, But thou... When It doesn't say if, but when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee uh, openly. Father, thank you for traveling mercies yesterday. 
Thank you, Lord, for the fellowship with Pastor uh, last night for a little bit. And, and Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning and allowing me to be here at Berean Baptist Church, to be able to stand in front of people that I learned to love many years ago and even new faces this morning. And Father, I pray I can be a blessing to them. And uh, Lord, if you give us a whole uh, four or five days, that's wonderful. But if today is the only day that you will give us, Lord, help us to live this day for you. Help us not to forget to talk to you and help us not to forget to fellowship with you all day. Not because it's Sunday, but because we are your children and you're our father. Thank you so much. Sure love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you my question. I, I say it this way. Let me go ahead and kill the service real quick uh, because this is a convicting question, but I've been asking it for 21 years, and so I have gotten slack on it, and people will, will come up to me like last week. They said, Brother Beckham, have you forgot to ask us something? And I said, no, I don't think so. And they said, oh, you, you say uh, shame on us, but shame, maybe shame on you. And, uh, but, but my question is this. Have you this morning talked to the Heavenly Father? Have you talked to him today? Have you said to him, thank you? Well, what, what, what do you mean, thank you? Well, thank you for waking you up. Thank you for giving you uh, a breakfast to eat if you eat breakfast and, and clothes to wear and a car to bring you to church and a Bible to read and freedom in America to read it. Amen. And so if you haven't, uh, you may want to bow your head right now and say, Father, forgive me. And uh, because what I'm going to uh, give you this morning it is also convicting, very convicting. Uh, we don't hear much on closet praying anymore. We hear uh, very little about praying even. But churches like Berean Baptist Church, you practice prayer. You, he preaches on prayer, I know. And, and uh, many of you have told me this morning, Brother Beckham, I have prayed today. Some of you even said, I have prayed to my father today because you knew the question was coming, right? And, uh, but look in Exodus chapter 34. Um, some years ago, I, uh, I think it was in 06, God laid upon my heart to write a book uh, for Bible colleges. Dr. Sam Davison uh, asked me, said, Brother Beckham, since you are the prayer guy and you preach on prayer almost every day of your life, why don't you write the textbook for our Bible colleges? And uh, that was in 06 and 08, through a lot of sickness and a lot of trials, this book right here came into existence. 
And we have, we, have, we, we have one out there on the table if you would like to order this book. We didn't bring a bunch of books with us, but we have one, not even one of each that the ministry puts out, but they're out there on the table. Uh, Jeanette, my wife, will be out there after the services if you would like to order one. But this book in, I think it's chapter 2 or 3, um, I deal with closet prayer, and um, this book has been used and is being used in most all of our major Bible colleges, in a lot of our uh, smaller institutes, uh, local church institutes across America too, and not just America, but in India and different places I have heard that they are teaching this book, preacher. This is this is wonderful, but this book is okay, but the Bible is better, and the Bible tells us a lot more than this book does, and you can believe every word that the Bible says about prayer, and I hope you can this one too, but I'm human, and something might be in there that might not agree with your, with your thinking, but if there is, just pray for me, okay, and... Um, Let's look at Exodus 34. I want to give you some examples of men uh, and, and a lady, if we get that far, of that prayed and they had their closet prayer. You said, Brother Beckham, what exactly it was Jesus talking about in Matthew 6, 6 when he says, enter into thy closet well, it, it was just a room. The Jewish people, every one of them had a flat place in their home that they went to pray. Peter did that. Peter went up on the housetop at, at a certain hour and he prayed. And so I say, if we could get every home, every Christian home, just every Christian home to have a, a closet and a private place or a solitude place or a restricted area in your home, it would, it would really help you. It would help me. It would help all of us. It would help our churches because, see, the churches are what is the home. Whatever the home is, that's what the church is going to be, the local church. So if we could have praying homes, we're going to have praying churches. Amen. And now look in Exodus 34. I'm going to be saying some things that may jar your, your, your thinking mind. Uh, you're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge your mind this morning about some of these men that prayed and how long they prayed. But Exodus 34 and verse 28, if you'll turn there, the Bible says this. Listen. And he was there, Moses was there uh, with the Lord 40 days, 40 nights. Now that's, that, that, that's okay. I, I know a lot of men uh, that uh, praise and, and fast for 40 days. I have some uh, men uh, that I preach for every year, every other year, every three years now. Um, they, they do this 40-day fast. I've been in the prayer ministry for 21 years. I have never been able to do a 40-day fast because of physical problems and things. But uh, I know men that has. 
And they tell me, Brother Beckham, it added power to my ministry. It added power to my life when I put fasting in my prayer life. I said, well, I have heard that over and over. Uh, J. Harold Smith, the great Southern Baptist evangelist, lived to be 95 years old. He fasted 40 days every year for many years. That, that, that was amazing to me. And, uh, and he even wrote a book on praying for your health wonderful little book and he was a medical doctor too he wasn't just a preacher went through medical school never practiced medicine not one day he got saved something like two or three weeks before graduation and he went right into preaching he didn't even go into the medical profession and 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 I believe I believe that added to the power in his life too because he loved God so much but notice here uh, something else Moses did he prayed for 40 days and he prayed for 40 nights but he but he didn't eat bread or drink water and he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant the ten commandments how many of you have ever watched television and and they have a program on there where they uh, were doing impossible things. Have you ever seen a program like that? And, And on the bottom of the television, it will say, do not try this at home. Well, uh, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put that saying right down here at the bottom of this lesson. Do not try this at home. Because if you do, this is what's going to happen. You're going to die. Um, okay? Because you can't go longer. Well, I have heard you couldn't go longer than seven days without water. But my brother lived eight days. I was, I was uh, teaching this um, not long ago. There was a Filipino lady sitting right in front of me. And she looked to be about 15, preacher, a pastor. And, uh, and, and she kept smiling at me after I said that. And, and every time I looked at her, she was smiling at me. So I was, you know, uh, I didn't want to just stare right back at her. And, and uh, so after the service, here comes this uh, young Filipino lady. And, and she, she said to me, she said, Brother Beckham, you can be dogmatic about that because that's true. She said, see, I'm a MD. I'm a medical doctor. From the Philippines. I said, you are? Because I thought she was 15. And, and, and I found out later she was 27 and already went through medical school and was a practicing doctor there in the Philippines, hoping to come to America and practice medicine here one day. And, and she said, you can. Uh, she said, that's true. That's what we say as doctors, that you can't go longer than seven days without water. Moses did. Now, how did he do it? He did it with the power of the Father. It was a supernatural fast. Now, that, that's, that's quite amazing, isn't it? That, I, I'm telling you, that's amazing. But I, I'm going to blow your mind, or the Bible's going to blow your mind. He didn't do that just one time. He did it twice. 
And in, in, and in the uh, newer version of this book, in the appendix, uh, I, I deal with um, that in detail, explaining uh, a little more than what I did in the book itself. And um, so here, here we have uh, a man practicing closet prayer for 40 days, 40 nights, and then he did it for 40 days, 40 more nights for a total of 80 days. Wow. No wonder Moses was the man that he was. No wonder that he had the power that he had because he spent his time with God. Now, I, I'm not going to take time to ask you uh, if you have ever uh, uh, fast uh, 40 days or not. But when I, sometimes I'll ask people, have you ever done that before? And, and it's amazing at the preachers that will tell me, Brother Beckham, I've done that. And I said, well, tell me about it. Tell me what, what, uh, what happened during the, your, your 40 days and, and it amazes me. It amazes me. Even I had one man that is a diabetic. Now, I wouldn't try this. And if you, if you want to do it and you feel led to do it, you see your doctor first. I've been, I've been told to always say that as a warning. Uh, and I, I understand we are, we are depending on God. And God's going to help us go through it. If he led you to do it, he's going to lead you to do it. But I think still it's a good practice to go to your doctor and, 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 you know, let him know what you're doing um, with your prayer life. Now, uh, let's look at the second one, uh, Abraham, in Genesis 18, 22, down to verse 32, we have um, Abraham, he, he was a great intercessor, by the way, uh, <clears throat> in the Bible, and, and, and we find Abraham in Genesis 18 praying, praying, listen, praying for uh, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and so here he is. But in Genesis 21, if you'll turn there, we, we see the example that I want to point out to you about this man Abraham. Oh, wasn't he a, a great man of faith? Wasn't he a great man? He loved God. He loved God so much he obeyed God to the very period. Take Isaac, offer Isaac. And, and he just did it. Uh, Abraham, I want you to go, but I'm not going to tell you where you're going. And he, and he was a man that followed God, but he was also a man that practiced closet prayer. Listen to this, uh, Genesis 21, verse 33. And Abraham planted a grove, planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. What did he do? Well, he, I think he might have woke up one day and said, well, I think I'm going to plant, plant me a grove, plant me a garden just to pray in, just to, just to get along with God. And that's what he did. 
Uh, I, I, I hear every, almost every week of my life, people tells me, Brother Beckham, I, I, I have built me a little shed out, out in the backyard. I have one man built one over a little creek, Pastor, there in North Carolina, a beautiful little creek going through his property, and he went down there and he, plant, he built this nice little cabin over that creek. And I said, um, uh, Brother, what are you... Are you going to use it for anything else? He said, nothing. This little place is for nothing but for me to get out here, get along with God and talk to God. It is not the deer hunt out of. It's not any, and deer is everywhere. And he said, no, no, no. It's a place where I can go get away from everything and shut that door right there. And I'm not even sure it has windows in it. I remember going down there while they were building it and seeing it. Just to pray in. Just to pray in. Well, Abraham planted this grove just to, just to meet the Lord, just to go there in the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And he, and he, and he just, now... Why was he so powerful? I have to keep saying this. Why was he so powerful in his walk with God? I believe it was because he had a private time with God. He had a private time. Now, uh, that's not all there is to prayer, by the way. Uh, some of the older people walked in, not old people, but older people walked in. Uh, I'm not an old man. Don't call me an old man. I'm, I'm getting older, but I'm not old yet. Amen? And, and so, but as the, uh, as the older ones was coming in, some of them would stop, and, and they didn't even know what I was going to preach. And, and they were talking to me. And even one younger lady talked to me about it. And I told her, I said, I don't hear this too much in the beginning of, of, of uh, on Sunday morning. But they were talking about preacher. They were talking about this is what excites you as, as pastor to pastor these kind of people. But, but they were talking about praying without ceasing, praying everywhere. But they, 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 uh, one of them mentioned this private time this closet time and 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 I looked I looked at her and I said you know I don't hear this I don't hear this too often people talking about praying in a closet praying always praying everywhere praying without ceasing amen uh, we hear a lot of preaching on Luke chapter 11 and when they when they do deal with uh, Luke chapter 11 they don't they deal with prayer they don't deal with that word always. They don't deal with not feigning. And, and, and I'm working on a new series of messages on that, on that passage where, where it's, uh, and I'm going to deal with that always because the Bible deals with it. But we have to have that closet prayer time too. Amen. And, and then I want you to look in Genesis 24. Preacher, it's 1027. What time do I? Quarter till. Okay. And um, look, look with me to Genesis 24 and verse 63. Isaac practiced 
closet prayer. Genesis 24, 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the evening tide. And he lifted up his eyes and, and uh, saw, and behold, the camels were coming. Now, uh, Abraham had a grove. Moses had his mountain. And now Isaac has his field. And he's out there in the field. Uh, I'm from Georgia. And uh, I was, was born and raised there. And um, uh, as I was growing up, we were on a farm for a few, few years. I remember it a little bit. But as a grown man, when I'm in Georgia during plant time, I like to walk around in the fields because it smells so good. The flesh, the fresh uh, plowed fields, they smell so good. I can, I can see me standing out there in the fields and just talking to God because he made it all. Hey, yeah, he put that good smell in that dirt. Amen. And, um, but Isaac was out there, but he was out there doing something. And, and, and here's, here's something else I'm, I'm trying to work on uh, in, the last, um, in the last few, few years is that word meditate. We talk about prayer, but how many of us really meditate? I know we go in there and we talk, and we, we talk to the Father, but how many of us goes in there with our Bibles and meditate? Meditate on who he is. Meditate on his word. Medit meditate on what he has done for us as, as his children. Just meditate. Just think. That's the reason Jesus said, shut the door. Shut the door. Because if you don't shut the door, you're going to bring all that mess out there in the world with you. Shut the door. Make sure the door is shut tightly so that you have nothing to go through your mind as you are praying, as you are meditating, as you are now listen to this. We are going there and we are to pray, we are to meditate, but think about this. Isaiah is my example of a man that prayed. He was a praying man. You can find, find that all through Isaiah. But you know what else uh, Isaiah did? You know what, he, what else he did? He listened. He listened. He listened. And, and as we go into that closet of prayer, let's not just go in there and, 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 and just talk, 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 talk. But let's go in there and, and listen. We talk to him, and then he answers us. Well, I'm glad I listened many years ago. Because as a young 16-year-old preacher, mm, I knew it all. There was nothing I didn't know. And then I got 17, and it got worse. Then I got 72, and I found out I don't know, I don't know nothing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but when you go in there and you pray and you meditate, make sure you listen. Because, listen, if you don't listen, the first time he tries to talk to you, he'll get your attention. 
He will. He will. I had been preaching 30-something years, but he got my attention. And you know the story. I want, some of you don't, but you know the story about Diane coming down with cancer and, and dying at the age of 49. And, and that, was, that was a trying time. That was, yeah. But I'll tell you what, it was during that time that I rediscovered my closet of prayer and the need for it. Oh, I was praying. I was doing ministry. I was soul winning. I was reading my Bible. I, I was even writing books at the time. And you know, I was busy. But can I say this? You know, I love you. Uh, can I say this? Thank you. I got one. Can I say this to you? Okay, thank you. Um, did you hear when I said I was busy? That doesn't mean I was spiritual. And I say that everywhere I go now. Because I've had pastor after pastor say, Brother Beckham, you're absolutely right. I have, I'm a busy man. But according to what I have heard this week, I'm not a spiritual man. I want you to know. And I have heard them stand in their pulpits and tell their churches, I got it in print. A lot of them has put it in print that they were not spiritual men. They were, they, they were busy men. They read the Bible. They, they were great. These, men, these men are great preachers. I'm not talking about just preachers. They are great preachers like this one. They are great preachers. But they, they spend time. They see the importance of the closet and they spend time. But they also see the importance of praying uh, always without ceasing and everywhere. They have all of that in, in their life. And I hope that everyone in this room uh, can, can experience that. If, 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 you have, if, if your prayer life is not under the definition of the Bible definition, then I pray that this morning, even in Sunday school, that you will get things right where you can go into the worship service and really enjoy uh, the rest of, uh, uh, of, of these messages. Now, um, we have Moses, we have Abraham, we have, um, um, we have Isaac, but look at this last one with me, uh, it's for, for Sunday school anyway, um, is, is Jacob. I like Jacob. Um, I enjoyed the life story of Moses and Abraham and Isaac. But when I, when I got to Jacob, um, I, I thought, now here, here's a man that's wrestling with God. He was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. His, 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 thigh, was out of, his uh, thigh was out of joint, and, um, and here he is wrestling with God. Now, Brother Beckham, are you one of these guys that really believe these stories? I believe every one of them. Amen. Now, look at this. I, I, I love this. And he said, let me go. 
for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. I'm not going to let you go. Except thou bless me. If everybody that comes to church would say that. Lord, I'm here today. And I'm not going to leave until I hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to grow in you. I want to mature in you. And Lord, I'm not going to let the world, I'm not going to let the devil, I'm not going to let any human being come in my way. I am going to stay close to you. I am not going to let you go. We would see revival start. Amen? Some of, some of Brother Beckham's meetings will go five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. The longest one has been seven weeks. And then it went two more. Actually, went nine weeks uh, there in Pennsylvania. And, and that church, they, they stood almost every night. We would start at seven, Pastor. And we would get out. We would get out at 12, 1 in the morning. People wouldn't leave until after 2 o'clock. They would stay around. And you said, how many weeks did that go, Brother Beckman? With me being there seven weeks, people were standing. They didn't want to leave. The pastor literally turned off the lights on them one night. It was, it was something like 1 o'clock in the morning. He just told the usher, turn off the lights. And uh, he turned them back on because there was people saying with action, we're not letting, we're not leaving. Turn off the lights if you want to. That's what they were saying. We, we feel good. We have gotten right with God here tonight. I don't want to go home right now. And a lot of them went, went in the parking lot and stood out there for, for another hour and talk. That's the way. I believe this is the way of revival. If, if we would just take these four people and apply them to our lives. But I like this. I like Jacob. No, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I hope you you'll have that attitude this week. If you're going through something kind of trying and it's hard and things are tough in your marriage or tough in, on your job, things are tough in America right now. America's whole world's up, upside down. But what, what I'm telling you, the things I have shared with you, and you'll find, those of you that don't know Brother Beckham, I just... I, I I don't try to impress you because I can't. I, um, I'm just a, I'm just an average guy that loves God. But it hasn't always been that way. Oh, I thought I loved God. But I didn't. But boy, oh boy, I love him today. That's the reason why 
uh, one of my friends said, Brother Beckham, uh, why don't you, what, what happened to your preaching style? You, you're, you're different. And I always say, I've gotten closer to God. See, you change. God changes you as you grow in the Lord. And that's all I can say. God has changed me. And, and I don't make excuses for it because they have named me. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm the living room preacher. Have you ever heard of such? I said, now, what, what is a living room preacher? And they said, Brother Beckham, when you come to our church, it's almost as if you were in our living room just talking to us, just from your heart. You are just like a living room preacher. Hmm. Okie dokie. <laughs> Amen. So that's okay. Well, I got four minutes, but uh, I, I've said what the Lord wanted me to say during the Sunday school. And um, thank you. Thank you for all the good handshakes, all the little pats on the... Even some hugs, thank you for those. And uh, let's, have a, let's have a good time. Let's have a good time this week, okay? Father, thank you for Sunday school. Thank you so much for leaving us a Bible, a guidebook that, that guides us along this journey of, of, of this relationship uh, with prayer. Lord, I put the services in your hand today, and I put, if you give us a whole week, I put the whole week in your hands, expecting great things to happen. In Jesus' name, amen.